Flopping down on the bed. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in that case, I accept. I accept that. <laughs> um, also, apologies in advance. Uh, it is that time of day, and the cats are all uh, real stirred up. No, no. I'm watching um, Murphy. Murphy's laying down, but Shadow is doing that thing where he just like picks at her, like he's just like slowly tapping at her, and she's like about to lose her mind at him. <laughs> oh no. Um, how is your house full of cats again? Full of cats. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. I haven't seen Mushu since I got back, so I don't Aww. know. Where he- <laughs> Poor buddy. Poor little guy. And Chuni's not even, like, riled up. I think Mushu's just, like, traumatized from other times. But it's, like, too hot in my apartment. So Chuni- oh. Chuni's just been, like, pancaked on the floor for a while. Oh, yeah i don't have air conditioning oh no we barely do either i mean we just have like one wall unit that just like blasts one direction (laughs) (laughs) so like one one twentieth of our apartment like a very narrow strip gets cool (laughs) nice oh god can you hear that that's franklin in the litter box i can (laughs) oh no Franklin, <laughs> hold it, hold it. You gotta hold your pee. If I have to hold my pee, you do too. <laughs> All right, he might be done. Maybe not. Please hold for some cat pee. Un momento. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's covered. <laughs> Franklin. I do that with my cats too when they're just like scratching for forever. I'm like, you did a fucking good job. Get over it. Yeah, you've done a thorough job. Go on to something else. <laughs> like it's covered. You're uncovering it now. I know. You're just like stirring up shit now, literally. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, there's Mushu. Oh, hi, bud. Mush. What a good boy. Oh, now I can't even get up to like like shoo franklin away because shadow just like really cutely came and laid down in my lap oh buddy hi shadow okay you're done okay you're done (laughs) okay hopefully the noise is down on my end okay well i might make a little bit of noise because i (sighs) dumbly offered to host dinner tomorrow night and then i got home and was like cleaned my apartment in like three weeks why did I agree to host anything oh no so I'm gonna shove some clothes in the laundry right now (laughs) oh perfect you know what you should do this is not a plug for any specific service but I know it's like seems like a luxury to pay someone to clean your house but 
I do it probably once every like three months and it's the best thing. We just had someone come in like a week ago and it was so good because they do all that deep cleaning that you like don't want to do. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I can keep my place like John and I together, keep our place pretty clean. Mm -hmm. But like, oh man, when they just like get all of the little nooks and crannies in your bathroom and kitchen, it's just the greatest. Yeah, that does sound real nice. And it's usually, for a smaller place, it's usually not too, too bad price-wise, because they usually only take, like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, when I discovered that, I was like, oh, wait, this is a secret no one ever told me I could do. (laughs) (laughs) I can be a bougie bitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, man. I also started drinking wine today, this afternoon, so I was like, it's almost (laughs) five-ish. And, oh, man, I think I... I don't know if I just haven't been drinking a lot recently. That's not true. I have been drinking a lot recently. But I don't know what's been happening, but it has been hitting me so hard. Maybe this wine is, like, a little bit bad. I'm not sure. (laughs) It's probably fine. I'm sure I'm fine. But I might be a little bit spacey today is all I'm saying. That's okay. Um, Welcome. Oh, my gosh. I (laughs) I just walked around the corner of my bed and he's like half upside down like pancaked on my floor like (laughs) half on the carpet he's just like sprawled in the most ridiculous position both of my cats are melted (laughs) oh man yeah my cats were not happy we had like a real heat spurt um out here for like probably like a week oh my god it was like normal temperature and then it shot up and it was so hot for like a week and now it's like back down to normal which is great mm-hmm. but yeah they do not like the heat even though john and i always look at them and we were like we're like you guys were born here like you guys are california cats you should be used to this yeah i mean my cats are well i i can't say where mushu's from so we'll just say he's from virginia <laughs> i would assume but yeah. maybe that's not safe to assume yeah my other cat's from the mountains so he has an excuse well yes he's also from albania yes <laughs> <laughs> well yes oh my well welcome to paranormal captivity everyone yes <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here um we are going back through yum yum's origin story which i am really liking this book so far yeah yeah i'm enjoying it yum yum made her debut but did not show back up in this section so we're uh making slow progress with i know (laughs) figuring out what her story Uh, is it's true mostly this section was like sleuthing which i do also love but i wish there was more sleuthing involving yum yum yeah but it is also true that yum yum has never really been the sleuth because she is the thief that's true she is the thief and this section was quite a bit about a thief so that's true oh my god maybe she stole like pounds and pounds of jade maybe she's behind (laughs) the robbery at the tate house (laughs) yeah i mean they're just gonna like walk into one room and the carpet's gonna be mounted up to the ceiling (laughs) yeah (laughs) be like what's under this oh jade (laughs) (laughs) she's just hiding it that's how it happened so fast she just hit it she didn't actually take it out of the house yeah, yeah. I sure. think we solved the case. Perfect. <laughs> Don't even need to finish the book. 
Oh, man. So this is still we are on the cat who ate Danish modern, which we're still not sure what that means. But we got closer to it this section, I think. Yeah, I think I just realized this section that it's not the cat who ate modern Danish. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. (laughs) That's why I made that joke last time about how it was interior design, but also pastry. But it was like a combo yes probably <laughs> more modern design than pastry yes perfect perfect oh mushu little guy oh buddy so if you haven't cute. seen our instagram you should go on our instagram and see a great live photo that i turned into a video for instagram uh that our mom took of julia driving away that is just the greatest yeah poor little guy he's such a bad traveler but you said he did a good job this time right he did do a good job this time i think it was because i woke him up he was like in a real deep sleep and i woke him up to shove him in the bag and throw him in the car so he was like (laughs) already a little bit sleepy so he just slept he just curled up into a little ball and slept on my lap the whole way oh that's so cute yeah he woke up like twice and you know got up did his little like turn in circles and like cry for a couple minutes but then he went back to sleep so he was good buddy yeah he did a good job he did a good job this time (laughs) (laughs) he's like shut up i don't care (laughs) oh poor little chuny good job guy yeah buddy He's so flat right now. (laughs) I like can't even describe it. (laughs) There's a great tweet. I think I retweeted it. Um, There's a great like it's a video that someone took of their cat. Some hero was like videoing their cat basically like playing. Mm -hmm. And so the cat is like shadow don't do that. Um so the cat's like playing and he's like standing and then he just pancakes himself so hard because he's like getting down low to just like go jump on something and it's so like you know vertical horizontal vertical horizontal (laughs) so great (laughs) well book and the jade theft and our uh lack of yum yum yeah yeah let's talk about the book so we read chapters six through eleven yes i think so yes i think so we read up to 12 did we did we i read up to 11 (laughs) oh wait me too yes no me too yeah okay great (laughs) um i just am bad with numbers (laughs) yeah so we said we read uh six through ten this time and yeah where did we so we left off last last time uh quillerin was moving he had just gotten an offer from harold noyton who as we'll recall we have had numerous fights over whether or not he dies in (laughs) future books um but he is a character in future books uh, that becomes a good friend of Quillerin's and does end up being the person who helps save the uh, pickaxe something, the newspaper. So there is that. Um, but yeah, we sort of get that friendship story. And um, 
oh my god sorry shadow is like playing with slash trying to eat that stone that you gave me (laughs) (laughs) actually which kind of looks a little bit like jade maybe we should take a picture of this (laughs) that's not food shadow hey why is this fun for you (laughs) oh my god he's being so dumb why do you think this rock is like a thing that you need to kill right now it's almost like watching those like cucumber cat videos like he's not scared of it but it just looks like this weird inanimate thing that he's like trying to kill (laughs) um okay sorry so so harold norton so quillerin takes over harold norton's apartment while harold norton is in copenhagen i think copenhagen and so at the beginning of chapter six we get quillerin coming home to coco and you know being like we're moving and coco being like yeah i don't know how i feel about that not very happy about it yeah because this is like the first time that coco has ever had to move i know i was thinking that too this is his first of many moves (laughs) many many moves but his first and he's extra cranky about it yes he certainly is um but quillerin does nonetheless pack him up and uh is it in that chapter that he moves in he moves in pretty pretty early in this segment yeah he does move in pretty early yeah he packs coco up in a uh, tuna can box with holes in it yeah that sentence threw me for a loop because i kept trying to in my head be like i don't understand how he's saying that he packed him in a tuna can i'm not <laughs> sure and i couldn't like make myself read past it it was like what is happening <laughs> why is coco in a tuna can what yeah. kind of tuna can did quiller and buy <laughs> yeah, is this a large tuna can themed cat carrier <laughs> <laughs> that would be adorable <laughs> That would be super cute, wouldn't it? Oh my god, patent that right now. Yeah, it's mine. No one steal it. <laughs> never gonna make it, but no one else can either. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't have it, no one can. <laughs> yeah, so they move in um, pretty early. He goes in a cab, too, which is really funny. And the cab driver is, like, not very good at driving. Or, like, slams on the brakes at one point. And apparently Coco, like, yells from the from the back seat and the guy's like whoa man it wasn't that bad and Clarence's like that's my cat he has a lot of, of opinions about your driving or like whatever he says <laughs> yeah and then Quillerin actually kind of meanly does not tip him very well because he says something about how much he hates cats or something like that no he says Siamese cats are ugly <gasps> oh my god how dare he how dare he they're beautiful and majestic creatures and we will hear no differently <sighs> Yeah, but I will say one of my favorite things in the world is packing cats up in things that don't say cat on them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, none of my cat carriers say cat on them. Well, I know, but they, like, look like cat carriers, you know? My favorite thing is to, like, you know, put Mushu in his bag that looks like a purse, and so no one knows he's in there. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that is kind of fun. Yeah. So I did appreciate that Quillerin packed Coco in a box that then blended with all of his other boxes. <laughs> you know, I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but I don't know that he ever has a box that actually is like a cat carrier. No, it's the he same... just like throws them in like wicker baskets. Like... <laughs> oh, right. It's always like his laundry basket or something. Yeah. He hasn't gotten there yet, but he will. Yeah. Which is like kind of smart. Like if I had a lid for my laundry basket chuni would be much easier to catch (laughs) there i could just like pop a lid on (laughs) take him you know take him him. to go take him to go i got him 
it is kind of the same way that he uses a turkey roaster for a litter box it's i wonder if it like kind of goes to that like miserly way of his where he like especially in this book he doesn't actually have any money but then in later books he just like doesn't like spending money so i wonder if he's like well these things work so why would i like buy things that look just like this but are for cats i mean maybe but in that one book he bought like fancy ass turkey roaster like i'm sure he could have found a litter box for less that's true you could i mean my litter boxes are eight dollars from target i mean i'm sure his <laughs> ceramic turkey turkey roaster is way more than that yeah yeah that I don't, good point i don't know if it's i mean maybe it could be like a sign of the times you know because like kind of back in the day maybe they don't have a whole lot of like plastic cat things like we do now Oh, that's true. That's a good point. I actually don't know, like, the evolution of cat products. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, like, that was a big issue in Albania. I had to <laughs> I had to take a bus to the capital to find, like, any sort of cat-related anything. Like, if I was just in my town, people weren't really, like, worried about pet stuff. So, like, I bought things that were definitely not supposed to be for pets that I used for pets. Man, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> props to you yeah are you gonna come lay down or are you gonna be a terror oh you're gonna lay down oh good good lay down and stop fighting the stone (laughs) good boy shadow shadow's been so cuddly recently i'll like wake up and he'll be like in the crook of my arm just like like cozied in like burrowed oh it's so cute ow but now you're being no you need to go to sleep or leave me (laughs) but yeah so coco is unhappy and then we all so i guess one of the the other things that i think maybe that happened this chapter did he meet koki this chapter i don't know who that is (laughs) that is if that's not you encapsulated i don't know what is (laughs) um she is the sassy broad that he meets at the uh, cutesy little interior. Di- yeah, the assistant. Yeah, I think that happens. This. Yeah, the like architect. Yeah, yeah. I think that happens this chapter too because when Quillerin does move in, I was kind of like judging Quillerin because he moves into this new place and then is like, "Bye, Coco. I got a date. I gotta go." <laughs> he like drops him and runs. It's so sad. Uh, bye. Um, cause this little bit that we get, um, right before Quillerin moves is that he's having to replace a story. He had this whole, um, front page thing flushed out that we like, don't really know a lot about cause he's already set it up for his, uh, next issue of gracious abodes. But last minute the guy calls and is like, no, you can't use my house anymore because the, your last house got broken into and someone is dead and no just no well Um, no you're glossing over lillian jackson bruns sexism again (laughs) oh no oh no i really am immune to it now you're immune to it yeah no the the guy calls the owner of the the house it's like a horse barn that was like converted into a house or something along those Mm -hmm. lines and he was like well i'm fine with it but my wife read your story and she's in hysterics and just simply can't handle it so you're gonna have to pick something else i did gloss over that because i was like i refuse to read a sentence that involves woman and hysterics in the same (laughs) sentence 
I refuse to put this in my brain. I don't want it. I don't want it. Because you know what it actually also probably translates out to is that that guy's probably just blaming his wife and he's the one that's like, I don't want my house robbed. And is like, I'm just going to blame it on my wife. A hole. Yeah. I'm just saying it now. Yeah. So either way, this guy does cancel at the last minute. And so Quillerin's kind of like scraping around for something to do for his next release, which is really soon. And so instead of um, going back to David Like, his old friend, which I kind of thought he was going to use David Like for the whole book, but kind of smartly, he does go to another interior designer and say like, hey, so like, what's your style? And do you have any houses that I could profile? So he's kind of getting a more well-rounded view. So I don't fully take back my rant from last episode, but I almost take back, take it back. I amend it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so there's a whole scene of Quillerin meeting this woman, Mrs. Mitty, I believe is her name. And she seems like she's like putting on airs. Like she seems a little eccentric to me because she shows up. Well, so first Quillerin goes to this new design firm and he meets this uh, assistant who is very, he is very into very immediately. Her name is. I don't acid as a coat. Oh no, let me look it up. <laughs> she says later to call her Koki, and it's oh here it is Alacock A L O C O Q U E Alacock Wright. And so she says to call her Koki, which actually it could be cocky if it's Alacock. How is it spelled? A-L-A-C-O-Q-U-E. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm I don't not either. even going to pretend. Wait, is it Q at the end? Uh-huh. Opening my book. I got to see it. I got to. So maybe Koki. That, that kind of makes sense because then it would be the end part of it. Koki. Alacoke. Maybe. Got to see it to believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled like coke but with a y on the end yeah right the shortened form of yeah yeah that makes Um, sense right yeah i think so cokey sounds the most feasible and not weird of all of them i mean cookie's a name cookie is a name but there's not two o's i feel like there would have to be two o's for it to be cookie yeah for sure She also doesn't seem like a cookie because she pretty immediately when Quillaren meets her, she's like, I am actually an architect. And he's like, what are you doing working here? And she's like, well, no one wants a female architect, which I mean, at the time, probably true. And because, again, sexism. But uh, so she basically says, like, oh, I like have to take this assistant or I had to take this assistant job. Um, So I'm working for this like, you know, woman Midge, who it's clear she doesn't really say anything negative about her. But it's clear that she's, like, not really on board with her whole theme, like, her whole aesthetic. And so her aesthetic, uh, Mrs. Mitty's whole thing, is very, like, white picket fence, like, pinky. It's, like, very wicker. Like, that whole kind of, like, Americana theme is kind of what I was getting from it. Yeah, I mean, she took him to, like, a sorority house. Right, but, like, a career woman's house, which also dated this quite a bit. Yeah. I glossed over that and pretended it was for college students. 
<laughs> yeah. like, maybe they just have internships. It's fine. Yeah, that whole that's where I did pick up on there's a lot of sexism in that whole scene because it's like Odd Bunsen is just kind of a dick because he comes in like blaring from the beginning and is like, Where are the girls? Show me the girls. I only take pictures of girls. And everyone's like, They are, it's a career home. They're, They're at working. work right now. And he's like, yeah. oh, well, that's going to be less fun. Or like, and he's like married and has kids. Yeah. But I did think it was really funny that after he realized that there are no girls there, he was like, well, take me to the beds with canopies. I want to see beds with canopies. <laughs> like, is that what you think girls are all about? Because like, if yeah. you want a bed with a canopy, you can just get one for yourself. Like, you don't need to go take a picture of a lady's bed. <laughs> no, it's true. I just was looking on Amazon and they're actually cheaper sometimes than regular bed frames. <laughs> <laughs> you could have one too odd bunsen you could have one too yeah so they do a whole spread and then i did kind of love slash hate it was like the infuriating thing that like this story almost falls through for quiller and two because as they're leaving they just finished everything quiller and got all the notes he needs odd got all the photos that they will need for the spread and they're leaving and then mrs Mitty runs out and is like oh hey by the way um the head, the like the woman who runs the house, who is a different woman than uh, Mrs. Mitty, who just designed it. There's a woman who like runs the like actually like lives in and runs that the career home. Um, that woman apparently, I don't know. I was kind of suspicious of Mrs. Mitty the whole time because it, it, this didn't come from this woman specifically. Mrs. Mitty runs out after Quillerin and is like, "Oh, hey, by the way, the woman who runs the house like." doesn't want you to publish like the address or her name or the name of the house or anything like really relating to it at all but you can like still write the article and Quillerin is like really diametrically opposed to that because he's like no that'll take away from like everything about it like we won't put like I don't know my thought of it was like maybe they won't post the actual like address but they want to be able to say like oh yeah like you know the name of the career home and like the name of the woman who runs the place and the name of the designer and then at the end she's like nope none of that is op- is available so you either do that like take those out or we like kill the story and then at the end Quillerin and Odd are like I guess we have to do it because we don't have time to do a-, a new story and then she's like oh but make sure to like spell my name right and put my name in and like don't forget me <laughs> which I was like did are you sure you just didn't want your name alone in this article? Yeah. But also, like, don't publish people's address in articles. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I know true. it's a different time, but come on. <laughs> true. That is true. I will say that. But especially if it's a business, like, you know, you yeah. have to be able to publish the name of the business. Otherwise, it doesn't really make a ton of sense, I guess. Yeah. I, like, don't really know how those kinds of things work. So, like, is it a business or is it, like, a senior center but just for women? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe it's more of, like, a nonprofit. And she did make a good point, too. She was, like, I mean, knowing that it's a a home for only women, apparently one of the qualms that the director of the the house had was that she was, like, oh, I don't want the, the girls to get, like, harassing phone calls, which, I mean, definitely could have happened. So that made sense of, like, oh, we don't want, like our private information out there and the way that like people can come harass us definitely makes sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah for sure so Quillerin does uh decide to go on with the story and to like leave leave those things out but he also 
before he even um, left the interior design, backtracking a little bit, um, before he even left Mrs. Mitty's interior design shop initially, he made a date with Koki. Yeah. And so then back to when they are, him and Coco are moving into Harold Noyton's apartment in the Villa Veranda. Yeah, he drops Coco and is like, bye, see you later, going to meet Koki. And he goes and meets Got a hot date. Yeah. Hot date with a hot lady. Hot lady. But then I couldn't quite tell, like, what did you think of their date? Because I, there was like a minute where it sounded, because he takes her to the press club and then there's a line about like, he knew he was going to have to answer questions for like the kind of woman that he was bringing in. Did he think that she was like weird once they, they showed, she showed up because she was wearing weird clothes or like what was happening there? I just got the impression that he was bringing in like a tall, sexy lady and that they were going to be like Quiller and who's your tall, sexy lady friend. Oh, gotcha. Because he is an eligible bachelor, even if he is not a wealthy, eligible bachelor these days. That's true. And people do like gossiping about him because he, I think because everyone knows that um, Fran Unger is interested in him. So, you know, I thought they were going to bring that up that, you know, it was kind of risky bringing Koki to the press club because... Fran Unger might be there and there might be like something going on there but the reason they go to the press club I did really like because Quilleran really does not have any money and apparently he was like well I would have taken her somewhere else but I don't get paid till Friday and the press club is the only place I have like a line of credit (laughs) (laughs) which is fair which I was like can relate ow shadow come on man So they have a lovely date. She apparently has made all of her own clothes out of sample fabrics. And then pretty ingenuitous. What word am I looking for? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually don't know. I, as you were saying it, I was like making fun of you. And then I was like ingenuous, but that's not right. Ingenuity, I think is the word but not the right form, right? Yeah. Ingenuitous? <laughs> Isn't that what I just said? Is it? I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> she's very anyway. She's very talented. Let's say that. Yes. <laughs> oh, and it's from her actually that we get the whole intro to the Danish modern idea because when they first meet, she's talking about um all these different design techniques and schools of thought and things like that. And one of them is Danish modern. So we get a little bit of that from her. Maybe she's the murderer. (gasps) She could be. I mean, we don't know that she, we know she's not in a lot of other books or any that I know of. Yeah. Could be her. Could be. Um, But they do have a really great date because turns out she loves cats. And so as soon as, Quillerin, which I do love that like as soon as anyone asks Quillerin if he lives alone, he's always like, Nope, I don't live alone. I have a cat, which I really enjoy. <laughs> um, but yeah, as soon as he mentions cats, she's like, oh, I love cats. And then they have this whole conversation where Quillerin really does like divulge a lot that he doesn't usually tell anyone about. Like he tells her about the Scrabble game or the um dictionary game they play. And he mm-hmm. tells her that he thinks that Coco is, like, very intelligent and somehow has, like, premonitions. 
and she's the first that he's probably talked to who's been like oh yes they feel it in their whiskers they definitely have premonitions they're so smart yeah and he's did you notice he strokes his mustache while she says that he did a lot of mustache stroking this book, this section. <laughs> he had some bristling going on, for sure. He did, yeah. That time he was like, oh, yes, this feels right. I understand all of this. And then later we get some mustache twinging because things are suspicious. So then on the other side of things, we do get, you know, Quillerin definitely still does not believe the police reports because the police reports as we said um the last episode the last segment the police reports are kind of vague and they blame paolo who odd bunsen and quiller in love paolo so they're like it wasn't fucking paolo so find someone else um and so quiller in this chapter also or this section also goes into his editor and is like hey just put me on this one case i'm not asking to be on the crime beat i'm not asking anything else of you but since this happened connected to my you know gracious abode story the theft and the death like let me look into this and the guy is like (laughs) percy slash harold is he harold also yes yeah i think he's harold also hmm who else is harold noyton oh the dead man the maybe dead man (laughs) the future dead man yeah so the editor the whole time Quillerin's pitching this to him is like no absolutely not no 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 he won't even let him go to the funeral he tries Quillerin tries to go to Mrs. Tate's funeral and maybe Percy's the murderer (gasps) I think you're going out on limbs here (laughs) (laughs) but maybe we don't know we don't know Shadow perked up at that I think that might be true shadow is percy the murderer shadow's on your side (laughs) (laughs) shadow smart cat smart cat what else not a ton happens this chapter there are a little a couple other little threads yeah there's a lot of like relating names to names which all went over my head because i'm so bad with names (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) We get a little bit of uh, Coco. We have another little moment where Coco Quillerin comes home and Coco's like real mad, which I thought was going to be like, you know, you forgot to feed me. You're being an asshole. Why did you stay out so late? But instead, it's that he has sent his. Do you guys remember from the first first from Coco's origin story? He had this little minty mouse, this little like <laughs> mouse that he played with that was like a ball of mint in a sock. And apparently he had, which is oh, it's so adorable, which he had uh, played with and like pushed under like a big chest of drawers or something. And so Quillerin is like looking all around the apartment for anything long to like fish it out from there. Um, And when he does, he finds a bunch of other things under there. So it's like kind of obvious that even though Minty Mouse is under there, Coco wanted Quillerin to find the other things that were under there too there was a gold earring there was a scrap of paper um that actually had um mrs tate's name on it and yeah phone number right i think just name oh just name okay so no did it have her name on it or was her name in the address book oh yeah maybe her name was in the address book yeah i feel like i remember the name on the scrap of paper not recognizing 
Hmm. Okay, hang on. That's a good clue. Let me go back and look at that real quick. Bum, bum, bum. Who's going to get there faster? Ooh, probably you. Race, 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 race. Book race. Oh, here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. It's a weird name. I found it. I found it. You found it. Yeah, it's someone that we don't know. It's um, Arnie Thorvin. Thorvaldson. Arnie Thorvaldson. Who Which does kind of sound like Mrs. Tate's name because Mrs. Tate's uh, first name is Signy. Arnie doesn't sound like Signy. <laughs> well, but it has a little Scandinavian vibe to it. Yeah, I mean, they could be like friends. Yeah, somehow. We don't know. Related. But her name, her name is in Harold's address book. Harold's address book? Harold's, yes. 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 Yeah, because Harold Which calls. is suspicious. It is suspicious. Because Harold calls from Copenhagen and says to Quiller and like, hey, go in my... He doesn't really hide it very well, which makes me think that he's probably not super guilty, but maybe Signy is. But he... Yeah, so he tells Quiller and that he has baseball tickets for, you know, whatever day it is in the future. And he's like, hey, you should go. They shouldn't go to waste. And they're in my address book. And so Quillerin pulls out the tickets and then like snoops a little bit and he finds a little post-it that has uh, Mrs. Tate's name on it with her number. And then he actually is really smart about it because he notices that half of the book is written in black pen and that it's changed to blue pen or vice versa. And whatever color Signe's name is written in, it's in the newer ink. So it means that they were like newer acquaintances yes which is interesting because then Quillerin does kind of ask around town like he goes to um which I loved he does end up going to the planned ugliness interior design firm oh, uh-huh. which is a guy that he met at a at one of the uh, David Likes party initially and he as he's t- like you know going around this whole design firm that's like uh, man I kind of stopped reading those descriptions of what was there because they were all so silly it was like just the weirdest combinations of shit yeah yeah I wasn't really paying attention to that either I actually kind of like breezed through it and then I got halfway down and was like wait where is he (laughs) yeah it's very it's like a lot of description of just like the weirdest stuff it basically it felt to me like one of those like vintage like just like a vintage store that just has like a lot of older stuff that kind of like mishmash Yeah, that kind of, like, goes together just because it doesn't go together, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It kind of reminded me there's this junk shop in the, it's, like, actually on kind of a trendy street in Baltimore. But it's, like, a really, like, weird kitschy junk shop where it's, like, you know, like, posters of, like, old drag queens from, like, the 70s. and like um like a bunch of old like mcdonald's toys or you know like a bunch of like just random kitschy shit yeah (laughs) that like doesn't really go together but you would probably find in like maybe a a, like older like gay man from the 80s would have it like in his apartment you know yeah yeah like total stare that kind of stereotype like that's what it kind of reminded me of yeah it definitely did oh my god sorry franklin is like crying in the other room are you okay? What what happened to you? Oh, you're just being oh. annoying. <laughs> yeah. What's the matter? 
You just go looking for attention? Okay. There's like a little crash, and then he started crying, and I was like, are you alright? You're alright. <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you do? Um, yeah, I know. To be honest, I was reading it, and I was like, you know what? This sounds like something I would probably like, and I know that she's gonna like make it like she had already called it Lillian Jackson Brown had already called it planned ugliness so I was like all right you're making a judgment on like the way that I probably decorate my own home (laughs) yeah Yeah. like it's probably to to make it trendy you probably have to do it on purpose but like my apartment is probably that way just because I can't afford to make everything match (laughs) (laughs) I mean fair I'm not saying I'm not there too (laughs) Um, oh yeah, but Quiller, so Quillerin goes there and he kind of floats a couple ideas just of like the general like interior decorator community and especially the idea that um, Harold Noyton knew Signe Tate and before she died and the guy was like, uh, no way. There's no way. He was like, those families like did not interact and if they did, like, that would be news to me. And then he mentioned some kind of scandal. This part was really interesting, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this part, like... I forgot about it because we didn't get any information about it. I know. This is actually the cliffhanger. Should we even go into this yet? Yeah, I think we're probably there. I can't think of anything else that happened. Yeah, I actually can't either. Yeah, so the big cliffhanger that we're left on is that... So Quillerin's kind of, like, yeah, like, floating these ideas of, like, he found... He doesn't say, but he's like, I know that somehow Harold Norton and Signe Tate are connected. And he's still, oh, you know what we should mention before we go into the cliffhanger? Um, Quillerin does have this moment where he, so he, from this address book that he's snooping around in, gets Mr. Tate's phone number and calls him. And instead of being like, hey, I'm so sorry for your losses of both the Jade and your wife. Um, instead of like anything, like just head on, he's like, hey, remember those Jade books? So when he was there before... Mr. Tate was very much like, Quillerin, you should be collecting uh, Jade and, like, you know, gives him that little stone. And he's like, here are all these books. You can borrow them on Jade. Like, just read them and you'll become a collector like me. And so Quillerin calls him. And instead of starting out in any normal way of being like, hey, I'm so sorry for your loss. He's like, hey, I have your books. I'm going to come return them. (laughs) And Mr. Tate's like, okay, I mean, thank you. How did you get my number also? And then Quillerin is like, oh, um, David Like gave it to me. Which is not true because he stole it out of Harry Norton's address book. Yes. Also, it's an unlisted number. So lies. Right. It's all lies. Yeah. Yeah. So Quillerin. Which is really because did he get that number from the Signe Tate post-it? Uh, that's a good question. I actually don't remember where he got the number. Yeah, I don't remember that it says specifically, but I wonder if that's a, that's where he got it, and that's why Mr. Tate was really suspicious. Because yeah, he says says straight up like, "Oh yeah, I was just curious because this number is unlisted." Yeah, but then Quillerin <laughs> goes over there, and again, instead of being a normal human being, he spent the entire time being like, "So where are you where are you headed to? Like, got an intercom here? What's go What's going on with that? Like, yeah." snoopy snoopy questions he's super snoopy and he like talks a lot about too like in his inner monologue of what is it he calls it the quillerin technique like she literally capitalizes q and t like the quillerin technique of interrogation 
of like looking really sympathetic and like just listening and nodding and blah 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 and there's this whole like section about that and I was like you know what would be sympathetic Lauren saying that you're sorry that his fucking wife died yeah instead of being like so your housekeeper pretty bitter about that huh I stole your jade yeah <laughs> oh my god and right and then he brings up Paolo a bunch of times that like even though Quilleran doesn't believe he did it like Mr. Tate definitely seems to believe that Paolo did it um, although he does make one strange comment where he kind of is very he's just very sad the whole time obviously and then Quilleran's a little bit of a jerk in his inner monologue and is like he should have been sad or he should have been angry or he should have been something but he was nothing and I was like well yeah I mean depression comes in a lot of ways especially after like something big like those two big things that happened to him but he does say as he's talking about his jade collection he does say like oh I just hope that it went to someone who likes jade who's a collector like who really appreciates it and something about that Quiller kind of latches onto and is like that was a weird thing to say Maybe Mr. Tate stole his own jade. <gasps> Maybe he did. Maybe he's the murderer. Maybe he is. There is something slightly suspicious about him, although I don't think it's about his mourning process because he can mourn however he wants. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. For like a split second, I was like, what does his morning routine have to do with anything? <laughs> I know. I was like, well, Aaron, have you lost your entire life's work and also your life partner in one go? So like, no you don't really gotta say about that no when when you said it I thought you were talking about his like wake up in the morning routine (laughs) yeah Quillerin we're judging I mean if anyone could also not judge morning a.m. p.m. routines it's Quillerin because he defrosts frozen sticky buns and stuff yeah gross So yeah, either way, morning or morning, Quillerin is judging a little hard. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Quillerin. Get out of here, Quillerin. Well, he does get out of there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He does. He gets out of there with nothing. He does. But he is shown, I do feel like this might come back up. So we should mention that Mr. Tate does take him down to his, he has like a lab that he calls like a lapidary. That's the wrong term. I'm just going to sound like an idiot. I think it's like a stone lab. Like it's where he goes to like polish and upkeep his jade. And the poor guy only has one piece left, I think. Well, I think he has other pieces, maybe like the little pieces that he said last time of like the harpoon and the little, like the dagger heads and things like that. But he does bring out a piece that was behind Paolo's bed. And I guess he's like trying to replicate it or something. Or maybe that one was the one he was trying to replicate and was also gone. It was kind of unclear. Yeah, I didn't really catch what was going on with that. Yeah, it wasn't super clear. But either way, he does take him in like the brief time that Quilleran is in this guy's house um, for the second time now. Uh, he does get taken down to the basement and looks through, gets to like have a little tour of his lab down there. Yeah. Um, which like nothing really happens and then he does also get the name of his housekeeper who he is firing because he's moving he's like I have to get away and Quilleran's like okay well can I he doesn't say it like this he like makes up a whole excuse but he's like can I interrogate your housekeeper (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I feel like the next couple chapters that's where that's the next like clue he's gonna follow Mm -hmm. yeah for sure but then, was there anything else in that? Or should we just go into the cliffhanger? I think just the cliffhanger. Mm. 
we should invite Cliff H. Hanger to this conversation. <laughs> Why does he have two H's? I don't know. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Cliff Hanger. Cliff H. Hanger. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um. So yeah. So the big next bit of information we get is that so Quillerin, um, while he's at the planned ugliness interior decorating firm, he, as the um the guy there, Jason, I believe his name is, is talking about um, Quillerin's kind of trying to get information from him about. Uh, Signe Tate and Harold Noyton's connection if at all and he's kind of just kind of skirting around that issue trying to get some info um, and as he brings it up again this guy is like no freaking way did they know each other if anything George Tate Mr. Tate would have known Mrs. Noyton Natalie Noyton who Quillerin has actually had has uh, now been invited to a party by David like he's throwing another party so he's going to get to meet Natalie next section of the book oh, woo. Woo, woo, woo. so yeah he like kind of drops that hint and he's like if anything George would have known Natalie because George was a bit of a womanizer in his past which I never know how I feel about the word womanizer but that's the word that um, Lillian Jackson Brown uses but apparently he's a little scandalous and then he actually uses the word scandal and he's like oh but don't you know about the scandal the scandal and Colin's like I don't fucking know about the scandal tell me about the scandal he's like trying to keep his cool but doesn't (laughs) (laughs) and then he doesn't even tell him and he's like well your newspaper should have all the records so go check it out yeah and so then he tries to and dun 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 the records are not there which would have never happened if he lived nowadays and had the internet I know right like how much just gets shuffled around in the pre-computer days where like because what they think what he thinks happened he's like I feel kind of bad because he's like yelling at these like probably interns that are like basically running this record records department of the newspaper and they're like yeah no it's not there it's not there and then he's like well who has come to check it out and he's like no they're like no one's checked it out and then finally someone comes over and is like, oh my god, no, a cop came and was looking at that. We told him he couldn't leave the building, but he must have. And Clarence's like, um, yeah, he fucking probably took that. Call the headquarters, the like police headquarters now. He probably just stole this giant, apparently it was a giant file on the Tate family. And there's some scandal involved that we don't know there's about yet. Scandal! But yeah, because there's like back in the day there was only like one copy of everything if you lost something that would like information was gone forever what do you do it's so crazy it's so crazy so yeah Quillerin has to go track down this like one file folder that holds like all of the press clippings involving this family and then like Quillerin really does pull a little bit of like a let me speak to your manager like he like kind of yells at these like young kids that are working this desk and uh, the kids are like, oh, he's out now. He's not right here. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll do it myself. Like, I'll send the memo to the police headquarters. And it's also kind of like, well, Lauren, you wanted to do that in the first place, probably. So stop yelling at these kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a bit thrilling. Yeah. Pretty excited to see what that scandal's all about. I know. Me too. What do you think it could be? Um, well, 
I'm gonna put a pretty broad guess out there and say it's either about money or sex. I mean, that's pretty probably true. <laughs> oh, oh, or an illegitimate child. Ooh, scandal. Well, they do also <laughs> include that um, because I think Quillerin kind of, I forgot this until now. But the reason that it comes up is not only because Jason is a little bit of a gossip, it sounds seems like, but also because Quillerin's like, so how long had Signe been in her wheelchair before her sad, untimely demise? And um, this guy, Jason, the um, planned ugliness guy is like, oh, you don't know about the scandal. And so I think the scandal, so he kind of implies like, okay, she's been in the chair, I think he says like six years or so. But he says also it was directly after the scandal. So it seems like somehow those things connect, which I don't know. So like a maybe like a hit and run type of deal or like a some sort of accident that was covered up maybe but I also worry that it's also maybe a little bit sexist because it's so old and part of me wonders if it was like an affair that Signe was having and then she was like but wait actually no I'm in a wheelchair don't suspect me like something like that Mm. no I don't like that (laughs) I mean (laughs) I don't like it either (laughs) I just had a feeling I had a hunch my mustache was twinging a twingy mustache (laughs) no I would worry more that it was like an affair gone wrong and then she's like oh but my heart can't handle it and then was in a wheelchair because of her weak feminine emotions I mean yeah that that I would worry about too yes yeah well you heard the guesses here first they're probably all wrong, but we will find out next week. <laughs> I don't know. I threw out quite a few different guesses. They were all pretty broad. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. Yeah, you're kind of playing the uh, the old Price is Right low, low ball guess. <laughs> or wide range guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I still am really enjoying this book. I don't know. There's something like about the way that it's written that I like. am really enjoying Wait, you know what I also realized? We also, in this section, not only, I know we mentioned we didn't hear about Yum Yum, but that's also extra infuriating because we do also hear that Mr. Tate is leaving to just leave. Is he taking Yum Yum with him? What's he planning on doing with Yum Yum? Maybe Quillerin's going to show up one day to interview him and he's just going to find Yum Yum alone in the house. Oh, well, he's got to get her. Yeah, go get Yum Yum. Go get Yum Yum. Oh my god. I'm stressed for Yum Yum for like the 17th week in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yum Yum's having a rough time of it right now. Oh my god. We're going to need to read a. uh, If there's an episode or a a book down the road that has like Yum Yum's birthday party where she is only happy, (laughs) (laughs) I have to read that at the end. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Um, that was part two of The Cat Who Ate Danish Modern. Yeah, we also got to figure out which cat and how a cat can even eat a, an interior design concept. <laughs> Maybe Yum Yum's going to eat uh, 
Danish <gasps> in a modern apartment. Wait, I have an idea. What if uh-huh. one of them, as a clue, eats part of a floor plan oh. that is in the Danish modern theme? Yeah. Um, this is going to be the dumbest question, and it's going to make me sound so ridiculous. Thank but God. where? <laughs> Um, where is Copenhagen? Is that Danish? <laughs> oh yeah, actually, Copenhagen is. Wait, De- Denmark is also is Danish, right? Denmark. I don't know what it. What is Danish? <laughs> <laughs> what is Danish? Actually, that's a really good point because I think Cop- Copenhagen. Let me do a real quick googs. Let me just googs this shit. Google, help us. Help us! Yeah, Copenhagen is Denmark. Which is Danish? Let's see. Hang on. Denmarkian? <laughs> Danish? Denmark! Yes! Okay! Ah. What Look a at great that. connection you just found! <laughs> Maybe Yum Yum will turn up in Copenhagen. Oh my god! Harold Noyton stole her! <laughs> Yum Yum should not get kidnapped again this book. My heart can't handle it. <laughs> I just made a joke the other day about Chuni getting kidnapped. No! <laughs> because, well, by me. Oh, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> because um, someone was commenting on how friendly he was. And I was like, yeah, he's a little bit too friendly. The last stranger he followed home kidnapped him and took him to a whole different country. <laughs> Yes, that is fair. <laughs> you also almost kidnapped him from home because when I called dad on uh, Father's Day yesterday and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he was like, oh, it's great. Wait, I think Julia's leaving. Oh, Julia's in her car. <laughs> Hang on. Bye. Hang on. Bye, Julia. Yes. <laughs> I like waved at everyone on the way out. I had Chuni in the bag and he was like crying and I was walking out to my car and I was like, bye, guys. And everyone was like, uh-huh. <laughs> And so I made it out to my car and was like, is seriously no one going to say bye to me? So I like backed all the way up the driveway and was like, uh, hey guys, I'm actually leaving. And then everyone panicked and came out and we're like, oh my God, you're leaving without saying goodbye. I'm like, no, the cat in the bag is a sign. Like, I'm not going to throw him in the car and then like come back in. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, yeah, check out our Instagram for a bit of that documentation. <laughs> absurd (laughs) oh and happy belated father's day to all the cat dads and real dads out there yeah but first and foremost all the cat dads all the cat dads yeah all right well thanks again for listening guys um yeah i know i already mentioned our instagram like 1000 times in this episode um but yeah you can find us on social media we're paranormal cat toby pod on instagram and paranormal pod on twitter we're on Patreon, and we're so, so grateful for everyone who supports us there. Um, we have a Facebook fan page, and we have a Google... No, we have a Goodreads book club. Um, you can find us on those, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Join us next time for the thrilling adventures of... Yum yum, getting kidnapped. No, okay. You better take that back. <laughs>
<laughs> Oke, okay, bye. Bye.